The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IANS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our return guest today, Sharon Milliman, is the author of A Song in the Wind, A Near-Death Experience. In fact, uh, Sharon has had three near-death experiences. The first occurred at the age of 13 when she drowned while taking swimming lessons. And then in 2005, Sharon was struck by lightning while talking on a cordless phone. During her NDE, Sharon went to heaven and was greeted by her two brothers who had died as babies. She had a life review and saw and spoke with Jesus, and after her conversation with Jesus, he walked her to a wooded glen where she sat with God, and uh, that's where we left off uh, last week. So, Sharon, welcome back to NDE Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. Um, I wanted to ask you, just looking back at the conver- at that conversation, um, as listeners who caught last week's show have heard, or if they haven't, they can always uh, go back into our archives and listen. Um, your uh, your NDE in 2005 led to a conversation with Jesus and then with God. And uh, you saw God as a person with a soul, which was very interesting to me. But even more interesting was his question to you, what would you do if it was just me and you? And I was thinking, is that something that we should all ask ourselves? What if, if it was just everything was just between God and and uh, myself, ourselves? Well, it really is just. It really is just you and God. <laughs> I mean, it seems like such a, a a simple question, and yet such a profound one. Um. And uh, does it does this come back to you? I know you've you've written about it and everything, but does it is it something that sort of um, stays stays in your mind as a as a resonance from your visit? It does. It it always does because <laughs> when I stop and think about it, the relationship, my whole life, everything is just me and God. Everything else just secondary. Right. Why do you suppose you saw God as a as a spirit wearing a body? Well, he can. He's God. He's the creator of all things. I guess he can. <laughs> he can appear as anything he chooses to, and and he came to me as as a person, a loving. Um, a loving being. I mean, if he'd come to me as something scary, I wouldn't have sat down and talked to him. I would have run away. But he was trying to, to uh, I don't know, um, get me to understand him. He wanted to have a, a more of a relationship with me. So um, he was trying to get a point across to me, I guess. And so he appeared in a in a fatherly way, in a in a very loving way, and a way that I could understand. Yeah. And so he appeared in a in a very fatherly way, and. And you said he was draw. 
you said he was drawing on the ground with a stick. Do yeah, you remember it, what he was what he was drawing? It looked like some kind of symbol uh, or letters or something. I didn't understand what those symbols were, but he was drawing some kind of symbols or letters. Mm. Um, but they There's a there's a there's a story in the Bible about Jesus doing the same thing, writing on the ground. Um, now another question from what we talked about last week. You saw people who knew you. You said, but you couldn't place them. And I was wondering, do you suppose that those people could have been from a previous lifetime? And what are your thoughts about reincarnation? Well, um, I am. Um, I am open to that. Um, um, it wasn't something that I was ever taught as I was growing up. Um, so it wasn't until my near-death experience that um, that information was given to me. Um, and I was it was kind of a, a shocking revelation, I guess. <laughs> 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 but... Um, I do believe that these were people that um, that I might have known before, or but they were all young. Um, but, but everybody in heaven is young. Uh, everybody is like in their late twenties or early thirties. So, I mean, they could have been people that I knew before, or they could have been relatives. I don't know. I do yes. know that that I. I knew them, and they knew me, but I, uh, I honestly didn't know where I knew them from. That's all I, all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> I thought also that it was interesting that your two brothers who died as, as uh, babies were fully grown and in that, in that uh, sort of perfect age range. And it, then, it, then it crossed my mind, uh, Jesus said, you know, we're supposed to turn and be like little children. And that's, it's, uh, Funny in a way that we aren't um, embodied as little children <laughs> in heaven, rather than as twenty to thirty year olds. Well, if everybody seemed to be of that perfect age, you know, where everybody feels their strongest and healthiest, and and but there is, there is. I did see a place where babies go, and they're attended to by. Um, angels and um, other members of family um, and they grow and they grow spiritually and um, they're taken care of and there are tons and tons and tons of children in heaven and they're, <laughs> they're all loved and cared for and and they do grow and it was amazing to see my my beautiful brothers and they were just I've told people they looked like surfer dudes. <laughs> they had just spent the whole day out on the beach, and they were strong and beautiful and healthy. And and, I, and my mom is in heaven now, and I know that she is with them. And they are just—they were—it was just so it was such a beautiful family reunion. And I know that my dad would be so proud because they looked like him when they were like when he was young, and they just literally glowed. They were just so. This is this is always such a comfort to people who have lost children uh or miscarried children even you know even a miscarriage 
uh, has a soul apparently because uh, stories that I've heard are that uh, these these souls grow up to be just like your brothers. Oh yeah, yes, I believe that uh, babies are you know their souls isn't the moment that they're conceived, and so yes, and they go straight to heaven and they're loved and cared for and. Parents will see them. <laughs> <laughs> now, God, while you were talking to him, showed unzipped the universe for you, and you said it was too big, it was too too glorious. And then um, you said uh, that you were looking at the tree that he was sitting under, and you, in the detail of the tree, you said you saw God in all aspects. It was interesting that you the universe. The, the huge universe was too big, but the tree was just right. It was almost like, you know, um, Goldilocks and the three, uh, the three bowls of porridge, uh, that, uh, that you could go from the, oh, that one's too big to this one's, this one tells me that you are, um, infused through everything, God. Well, yeah, the universe was, it was so big and it seemed so, I don't know, way too big for me. <laughs> it was, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I thought, boy, if it was just me and you and all of this, you would, <laughs> you wouldn't like me after 10 minutes. I would talk your ear off. You would be tired of me. <laughs> <laughs> now, if God is in everything and everything is, has consciousness, God's consciousness in it, which is a, a very Buddhist concept, then really all matter you know, you know, for the desk I'm sitting at right now, must have an essence of God in it as well. What, what, are, what are your thoughts on that? Well, the desk is made up of of wood and molecules, and and He is in all of that. So yes, mm-hmm. I mean, He's in everything. Everything, the rocks, the wood, the water. He's in every every single solitary thing that he has created. He is in everything. So, yeah. And you've said God doesn't make junk. But if he makes everything, uh, how come he, he's made people who are cruel? How come he's made situations that are so dismal and painful for people? Um, he has given people free will. And people um, make their choices, and um, sometimes people make choices out of uh, greed and things like that, and um, where he will not step in and um, stop our free will, there are consequences for some of the choices that we make, and um, those consequences um, create some of the issues that people go through that are not so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, I'm sure a lot of the consequences, I mean, in, in our lives, although you see good people getting cancer and have running, you know, having car 
car accidents when somebody else runs into them and some things are just out of beyond our control unless as some have surmised that we we pre-plan our lives to some extent before we're born if you had any thoughts about that we do pre-plan some of the things in our lives yes and then some of the things um just kind of happen, and it's how we respond to it. Um, so, I think, from what I, at least, from, you know, I, I, I don't pretend to know the mind of God, <laughs> but right. from what I, but from what I, what I learned was that we can um, become bitter by it, or we can ac- accept it and um, learn from the um, situations in our lives because we are here to experience and it's through the human experience that we our souls do the most growing and that's what we're here for is to experience and for our souls to to grow and um, so some of the things um, we have agreed to um, before we come, we have agreed to experience these things, and then some of the other things, it's just it's just through the human experience. When you were there, you said you observed buildings that were um, for learning, uh, buildings that were like libraries in heaven, mm-hmm. and also also banquet halls. And I thought. Do we need to? We don't really need to eat, do we? But what what is that all about? No, we don't need to eat to sustain life at all. It's like um, for enjoyment. I did witness a banquet hall. <laughs> it was absolutely breathtaking. Um, there were people in there, and there, it was like a celebration that was going on. And there was like a piano over in the corner. And this banquet hall was absolutely extravagantly decorated. There was a chandelier, and there was um, candelabras and flowers, and people were dressed in their finest, you know, beautiful dresses, and and um, um, men were in tuxes, and there was a butler carrying a silver tray with glasses, <laughs> and they were dancing and laughing, and there was a a table that was absolutely um, just heavily laden with uh, the beautiful linens and had, had trays of meats and cheeses and fruits and and it was just absolutely breathtaking and but what the information that I got was that you don't have to eat to sustain your life you just eat because you enjoy it and so you in our, eat, you don't have to. If you do, you do. So our our bodies, our spiritual bodies, there are like um, Jesus' body when he came back to see um, the disciples after the resurrection, and he actually ate a piece of fish, even though he could walk through walls. Exactly. So there, so there is some. There's an analogy there. Now I wanted to get on to when you come back, and you talk about being in a, like a pink bubble. 
and um, that there are downloads of information that you receive and gifts that you received, including the seeing of auras. Could you tell us about that? Um, when I came back, I was in this, what I called a pink bubble, because I didn't know what else to call it. And it was this um, oneness with God. And everywhere I looked, I could see this, it was a beautiful uh, pink um, aura, and um, everything radiated um, like I could look at the trees and I could see the life-giving aura that came around it. Um, um, I could see colors that came off of people, um, the pinks and the golds and the yellows and the and the different colors that that radiated around people, um, around animals, around plants. Um, um, I could see, uh, like I could look at someone and I could t- see if if they were sick or if they were uh, not happy, their color would be sort of a gray color. Um, if they were happy or I've seen people who were very spiritual and their colors were white and they had sparkles around them um, mm. and uh, golds and and um, then I've seen other people where their colors were very pink or they were blue or um, greens um, and um I've looked at plants, and it would, there would be a gold coming off of a plant, <laughs> mm. and it was it was absolutely breathtaking. Um, there was one evening I was outside, and it was just pitch black, and I saw a complete rainbow in a black sky, and I thought that was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen in my life. Mm. Um, it was just just amazing. Well. Now, um, you've had encounters with Jesus, um, and I thought perhaps if you could describe the one where he healed the woman's um, arm, that might be the most um, uh, interesting to people. Okay. Um, I was 15, and I was in the uh, back of a church, and we were singing in the youth choir, and um, it was a Good Friday, and we were uh, in a visiting church, and um, I was sitting in the downstairs part of the church, and we were waiting for our turn to go up into the main part of the church to sing. And... um, um, well, I was sitting in the back, and there were two women sitting in front of me, and there hurt um, two other younger girls sitting in front of them. And when uh, there was some stuff going on in my life at the time, and I just um, didn't... Um, 
anyway, uh, he he came in, and at first I thought, is, is this an apostle? When I looked at him, and I thought, wow. And then as he got closer, I looked at him again, and 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 I knew it was Jesus. And he walked up to me, and he he said, "Where do I go to sit?" And my I was my mouth went dry. I couldn't say a word, and, <laughs> <laughs> and my eyes were just as big as saucers. And I just sat there, and I couldn't say anything. And it, he sat down next to me, and the two ladies that were sitting in front of me they turned around to answer his question. And as they were talking to him, he looked at me and he said to me, what's happening in your life is happening. You're not crazy. I love you. I am with you. Don't be afraid. And the two of them um, continued to tell him where to go to sit. And, um, well, when he stood up to go upstairs, um, he put his hand on the one lady's arm. She had arthritis so bad in her arm that she couldn't bend her arm. So he stood up, and when he did, he put his hand on her arm, and he healed her arm. And she was able to use her arm again. And then he got up, and he went upstairs. And um, now, now, when I saw him, he was, absolutely breathtaking he had long um dark wavy hair down his back he had beautiful brown eyes um um, dark olive skin his beard was short and neatly trimmed and he had um the um um the dimple when he smiled and he was wearing so so he looked the same as he did when you saw him in heaven exactly the same he was wearing a white button-down shirt, jeans, and boots. And so he he fit in with the crowd. I mean, he looked just, he just fit in. I mean, he just fit in. But he was just, the love in his eyes, he was absolutely breathtaking. And he said exactly what I needed to hear because I was in a, a crossroads in my life at that particular moment. And he knew exactly what I needed to hear to fix the problem in my heart. And so when he healed the woman's arm, then he got up and he went upstairs and he sat upstairs. And then we sang, and I sang my heart out. I mean, <laughs> I still remember the song. It was up to Jerusalem. And so we sang. And then um, when we got done singing, everybody in the, the lead singers and the uh, guitarists and everybody I mean, he sat right in front of us. There was no way anybody could, they would have had to trip over him to miss him. And um, when he, he got up and he left it, he didn't leave through the door, um, but he just left. And so I turned around and I said, did you guys see Jesus? Did you see Jesus? And they were like, no, we didn't see him. And I was like, you would have had to fall over him not to see me. He sat right in front of your face. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they did not see him. It was just. Uh, those four women and me were the only ones that saw him, and um, everybody did else. They re- everybody else yep. Did they recognize that there was something uh, special about him? The other four women did. Yes. And, yes. And, yes. 
And we talked about it for years after. <laughs> okay, now to jump to some to another uh, to the other extreme. You said you went out into your backyard one time, and there was this man, long hair, good, very handsome, but uh, almost um, satanic. Yes, um, yes, that was a very frightening uh, experience. Um, there were these weird little creepy things crawling all over the house all evening and um, I had called the police three times that night <laughs> trying to for them to come out because these things were crawling all over the house these little minion like things and um, then the house started making this moaning sound and there was a smell and um, and this went on all evening I my husband at the time was at work and he had called a neighbor to come down and check the house out and it was just a frightening night and then I went outside to uh, let the dogs out and I opened the door uh, started to open the door and I noticed there was this man standing in my yard and how he got there I have no idea because we had a six-foot privacy fence that we had put an extender on, and the gates were locked, so how he got there, I don't know. But as I started to open the door, I noticed this man standing in the backyard, and he had on a black leather jacket and black jeans and a white shirt, and it looked like um, there was a spotlight on him or something, like the moon was shining down on him, and he was just kind of glowing in this, this light. And there was no wind blowing, but his hair was moving, and it he was he was very beautiful to look at. And I thought, well, how in the world did you get back in my yard? Who are you? And just as soon as I said that in my mind, he smiled. And as soon as he smiled, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and I shut the door. And, and And I said, in the name of Jesus, go away. And as soon as I said that, immediately, the noise went away. He disappeared. The noise went away. The stench went away. Those little minion things went away. Everything went away. And I knew instantly at that moment that it was evil. All of that was evil. And that there was such power in the name of Jesus that, that, you know, that, but that was how I needed to protect myself. And yes. God was showing me the difference between the good spirits and the bad spirits and, and that, that Jesus was the way to protect myself. Right. And in the minute or so that we have left, I was hoping we could you could tell, uh, tell the audience a little about your native friend, uh, and his horse, Running Elk, who was then gray, called Gray Eagle. Oh, yes. Um, he, God allowed him to come and um, teach me. Uh, he was a mentor, teacher, friend, who uh, God sent back with me for many years after my near-death experience. And he taught me um, 
many native things. And um, he was with me and taught me about my uh, native traditions and native roots and um, I know you spoke about the uh, white white buffalo encounter in in Pennsylvania. Oh yes, I As, went to uh, the. Huh? Yes, as as part of uh, that tradition, I guess that must have uh, Gray Eagle must have inspired a visit like that. Yeah, that was a wonderful experience, and I went to the White Buffalo. Um, they, it was a very wonderful experience. They um, they kind of bowed at me, and and uh, I left offering and prayed for them, and they were very beautiful and it, it, it was a very inspiring <laughs> well well Sharon uh, once again we're out of time um, and uh, again tell remind your audience how, how to get your book you go to amazon.com and it's under Sharon Milliman it's called A Song in the Wind A Near Death Experience and I, I would highly recommend it. And actually, if you get it on Kindle, it's uh, it's very inexpensive. So, well, I want to thank our guest Sharon Milliman once again for sharing her story. If you'd like to uh, listen to this, and I would su- certainly suggest you're listening to our, our first week uh, of um, interviewing Sharon, um, or to any of our past shows, just go to our website at nderadio.org. And for more information about the work of IANS, uh, the upcoming conference in Denver, uh, check out that website, iands.org. And tune in next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.